Welcome back to Eddie's Launchpads. Stand by for action. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. Well, hello again. Here we are. It's another Eddie's launch pad. Eddie is here in the co-pilot seat. He's waiting to go. He's chomping at the bit. He wants to get going down to school and he wants to see all of you lovely children down there at Dogsthorpe Infant School. You know you love seeing him and he wants to get going straight away. But he's in his co-pilot seat because we've got a flight to make on the launch pad. Now, we all know that how important it is for storytelling and how important it is to encourage our children to read and to read to our children. Very, very important. Here is a wonderful guest, and we are going to not only talk to her, but we're going to get her books into school. Her name is Kathy Urban, and we have travelled all the way to Dubai. Children, if, if you know, do you know where Dubai is? Have a look at it. Check it out on the map. But we have got Kathy Urban, and she's in Dubai. Welcome to the show, Kathy. Hello. Good morning. How are you doing? I bet you've got better weather than us. Yeah, so, well, you know what? I don't know what you understand by good or bad weather. It's slightly hot over here. Yeah, I'll um, bet. I've, I've heard that see, the UK has been treated to, to rain. Rain is um, a rare commodity in Dubai. We sometimes we do miss it. We're going to talk a little bit later on because you are an author. But could you, for all of our listeners, could you uh, just explain a little bit about yourself? Yes, of course. So, yes, my name is Kathy. I am um, a children's book author, um, as you've mentioned. Um, this is quite a new term for me to introduce myself as such because I'm a fairly new children's book author. Exactly about a year um, has passed since I first published my, my, my very first book. Um, I am, um, by trade, I'm a journalist. Um, I've been reporting mainly on news um, and cultural stories and events, um, mainly from the UK when, we, um, when I used to live there prior to moving to Dubai. I'm also a mum of three young children. They're, um, they're across the primary school range still. They're five, seven and nine. So I've gone through all. I know we're going to talk about storytelling and reading and encouraging kids to read. So I've gone through all of that. I think just from the mum perspective, I have quite a lot to share because I have a very keen reader at home who loves and devours books. I have a very reluctant reader at home where I found it's maybe a bit more challenging to find the right book for her. And I have, a, you know, someone at home who's just learning to read and he's still like very eager for me to read those bedtime stories, which are just so important to encourage literacy from a very young age. And it sounds like you've got the, the whole gambit there. You're, you're teaching one to read. You've got one that probably thinks, no, I don't want to read. And a lot of parents, <laughs> a lot of parents over here can probably appreciate, um, you know, that because they're probably dealing with children who are saying that. And then you've got somebody who really, who's really eager to read. That must be a joy. That, that's an utter joy, you know, who, you know, someone who just goes and picks up the book um, and just picks up any random book and, and reads and reads books, which may not be 
you know, their, you know, the, the required age gap. I remember she, her first book, her first chapter book she read was one by Hannah Gold. It's a beautiful story about the, the polar bear. And she was, um, she had, she, she was six, six years old at the time and, she, you know, she just really loved it. And, you know, we go into the bookshop and think we've, we picked the perfect book for our children that they're supposed to read. But I think at the end, we should really let the children choose. Getting kids to read really is a team effort. And that's not just down to the teacher. It's down to the parent. Um, it's down to finding a way to make kids enjoy to read. Because if you force them to read a book, they might do it, but they might not just pick it up again. I think it's very important to find a match. Fiction books, then um, I've just been talking about my reluctant reader who is nine years old. And I think by and large, this is where people say kids start to maybe lose interest in reading because people tend to not do the bedtime stories anymore. Kids are meant to read independently. So I've, I've gone through all of that too. And interestingly enough, um, what she's picking up, um, which I'm very happy about, is that she's, um, she's reading cookbooks. She loves to cook. So right. she's picking up cookbooks. And it's, it's, it's a great way of learning, you know, to read instructional reading, you know, and she applies it instantly in the kitchen. Um, my family's always really, you know, really amazed by that because I am not the keenest chef in the house. Um, but seeing my daughter just picking that up. So it's, it's, it's a matchmaking process, finding the right book and letting your child being part of that selection process as well. It yeah. is about finding what the child is interested in. And if they're interested in animals, uh, yeah. look, we, we've had Anna on the show and a, a polar bear book and she, she came onto the launch pad one week. And, uh, and I remember people saying afterwards that um, it's got such an important message. And as yeah. some of our children at school are into env- environmental things. It's their main challenge. And I think, it's, uh, I think books are a wonderful way to expose them to the challenges they'll be facing, they'll be growing up with. And I think Hannah's book, you know, we read the story together, my daughter and I, um, is, is a beautiful way because it's also a story that's being told. It has an important message, but the kids do not select books the way adults select the books. We select the books because of a certain topics. Kids select the, um, the books often because they want to, you know, join the ride. They want to join the adventure. Mm. Hannah's book is a wonderful adventure that, yes, has a very important message as well. Um, so I think that is, that's very important to kind of keep in mind when, you know, for children, they, you know, they have a different selection process sometimes. For the parents who are listening who are struggling uh, with with a child that doesn't want to read, what are what are the sorts of things are you doing at the moment, Kathy, to to yeah. encourage that child to your child to read? So with my um, with my eldest daughter, the, the main problem I had was when we transitioned from the picture books that mum would read to the chapter books. And it's because she was a slow reader. She struggled to, you know, to to um, to form the words, she struggled. It was really, you know, it was difficult for her. And I think if you then suddenly, you know, a book that's no longer dominated by illustrations, but that's mainly been composed of the written word, um, it's a bit overwhelming. So in a way I was trying to make it easier for her. And what we used to do, we started off reading the books together. Um, we would start, start off with me reading one page her only reading a sentence and then me reading another page and her reading a sentence. And we would gradually expand that and increase that to her maybe reading two sentences. And then suddenly she would maybe get interested in it. Um, She would read one paragraph or a page and we ended up maybe me reading three pages and then then her taking a turn to read three pages. Occasionally I would stop as well and ask her some comprehensive questions as well. I would ask her like, do you know that word? It's quite a tricky word. Do you know what it is? So just for me to sort of 
know whether she um, she actually understood what she was reading because quite a lot of kids I'm, I'm finding are they're quite fluent at reading but they actually have no clue what they're reading about and for you to enjoy the book it's of course also important to understand what the book is about um, so I think you know your job as a parent does not stop with the um, picture book bedtime reads I think it's a continuous job um, that you have to do and take your time and I think over time gradually the child will be more independent as a reader and will no longer need you as much as as you know they might have needed you before um, but I think it's it's important to kind of keep an interest in you sharing that important all important bedtime because we all have, you know, we all have busy lives, you know, kids go to school, they have their activities, it's the same in Dubai as it's in the UK, we're all working, you know, we have a busy job, and I find those, those hours between, you know, after tea, um, onto bedtime, it's that sort of really precious period where you have time to really spend, spend with your child and unwind, and I think you should really make the most of it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, sometimes I, I'll be honest, there, there are days where I just can't be asked. I'm really, really tired. And I think that's normal. That's human too. <laughs> like, okay, let's, let's, let's get this going, you know. Um, but then I think they do really enjoy that time. They enjoy the, the you and me time, not just with mommy. It, they also enjoy the time with dad as well. Dad is the same. You know, I think it's important to have both parents involved. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can remember when I was doing my, um, I can remember when I was doing my, uh, my reading when I was at junior school. And I can remember one particular time where I actually got lost in the book. And I think yeah. that was when I realised that it wasn't just about the process of reading. Uh, at that point, I was just reading each line and I was just reading yeah. it, you know, and I do, I was aware of what was going on. But I, I, I remember, I could even tell you the plot line. I can't tell you the title of the book, but I know exactly that plot line of that book. When I actually stepped into the book and actually got lost in it and I was living it you know I was living the story and at the yeah. end of it I closed the book and I and I thought that was amazing and that gave me a love of books that I've had yeah. the 70 years of my life you know and I and I I look back down a road now and I realize how important it was for my mum every night to it went up to she had finished work to to sit on the sofa with me. Sometimes I used to sit on her lap or sit next to her on the sofa, and she would say, "Come on, read to me," you know. And I used to think, "Oh, okay." And I did it because I saw reading as a process. And it was only when I read that very first story where I got lost in it, and then you know, within I don't know, it must have been about ten years, I was reading Sherlock Holmes, and I was walking the streets of Victorian London, and I was and I was lost in the book, and and then I realised how precious those days with my mum sitting next to me on that sofa, how precious those days were, Kathy. Because yes, it, I I agree with you. Because it's a very sort of intimate relationship that you build, and I mean, we are like our children. They are you know true reflection of ourselves as well. You know, whatever we do, they they copy us. Mm -hmm. They copy what they see around us. And if we um if they see us spending time with them, if they see us reading books with them, to them, or next to them, um they will probably replicate whatever they see, whatever they see as well. I mean, you know, I do understand. I do see the same challenges that you know all of us face these days because there's just so much on offer for the children mm. um and 
I find sometimes it does take the extra effort to say, okay, let's stop, let's unwind, let's let's go and pick up the book, and because um, we all have very busy lives. Mm. Um, but I think you will you will reap the rewards at the end um, if you do spend if you do spend that time. And like you say, I exactly know what you mean when you say you dive into those worlds. That's yeah. how I connected with books. And um, in a way, I was lucky growing up in the eighties where you know my life was so boring. There wasn't there wasn't much on a rainy day to do. There was I had. Two, um, I think I had two TV channels. They were boring. There was only the program on after tea. So there was no point for me to, to tune into the television. And um, so I would pick up the books um, mm. and I would dive into those stories. And they, they were definitely more exciting. You know, they you know, I was able to create a world that I really enjoyed. Um, and I think if we get our kids that, that space to do the same, you know, a lot of kids do that. It's not everybody who's, um, you know, we do have reluctant mm. leaders, but we have kids who genuinely enjoy books. I, d- um, I do I do wonder whether we're reaping a whirlwind whereby um, uh, we're, uh, ch- our children today are being taught by pictures and, and, and we're the same. Adults are being tempted down that road as well, whereas, you know, now it's all icons, whereas before it used to be text-driven. And so now you go to, if you want a particular something, if you want the weather, you click on the umbrella rather than look for weather, the word weather. And, yeah. and, and so children then start thinking more visually when in actual fact they need to think about the shape of the words. And in much the same way that keyboards and my, mice... I'm talking about computer mice now, not the, the animal, uh, the creature. Um, the the um, the All of those things have, have taken us away from the physical writing. Yeah, no, I, I agree um, to, to that effect. I, um, I mean, we all, you know, we all think visually when, you know, these words, they form pictures in our minds. And yeah. we, you, know, you know, in general, we, we all, you know, gravitate towards visuals. But um, what I do in Dubai, I do a lot of school visits. Um, and as part of those school visits, I also um, offer creative writing workshops. And I get a lot of those kids who say, why bother reading a book? There's a movie out. I can go and watch the movie. And I'm like, yes, of course. But you know what, you know, where this movie comes from? It comes most likely from a book that's been read. And what you see is the interpretation of probably the, the director or, you know, the film production studio that's put that, you know, that um, that vision they had of the book onto the big screen. Um and I'm trying to explain to them, um, you know, they can create their own movies by reading a book. And yes, it's challenging, but I think the rewards you, you know, you reap at the end of it are, you know, are so much more worth it. It sounds like you're a wonderful mum, Kathy. You really are, <laughs> and 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 that's that's all. And it's that's the thing. Whether you're mum, dad, whether you're you're in a same-sex relationship, whatever it is, uh, if you've got children in your family. The love of storytelling and the love of reading can make a huge difference to a child's life. And so, um, and that, that gift that you're giving them as you sit there teaching them to read and encourage them to read, that gift is going to be with them for the rest of their life after we're long, long gone. Kathy, that's, that's amazing, your love of storytelling. And I'm so glad you're going into schools over there because that, that, that love of reading and love of storytelling is going to rub off on, on all the other children that you come into contact with. But you've written your new book. Can you tell, yes. us, can you tell us a little bit about it, please? Yes. Um, yes, I, of course I can. Happy to do that. Um, so the, that new book um, you've just referring to is the second in a series about a little comfort toy um, named Lola. So this book series is called Hop, Lola, Hop. Um, um, 
just mentioned, it's a, it's a little comfort toy named Lola who loves to go on fun adventures, but often as a result goes missing. Um, and the second main character in the book is Ella, who is Lola's best friend. Um, I think a lot of kids will be able to relate to that because they have a comfort toy. They have a very strong bond and Ella is very, very attached to Lola. And um, obviously frantically then starts looking for her. Luckily at the end of all stories, they do reunite, um, but not until Lola's had a really good time by herself. She had a really cool, fun adventure. And um, in that latest book, um, that has just come, been released earlier in the summer. Um, Lola and Ella are heading to the market. Um, it's called a yummy market day adventure where the two friends decide to join mom on a day to buy some ingredients um, for a fun picnic that they're planning to do. Um, again, a lot of these stories, they have been inspired by, you know, things I do with my children and take them to places. And um, they, they see everything as an adventure playground. It can be the market, it can be, you know, it can be the high street, it can be anything. For them, they, they see things differently than we do. You know, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, get all my, my you know, my groceries done. And them at the same time, you know, they're, they're seeing other things that, you know, the, the, the adult eye sometimes fails to spot. So yes, this is um, a Yummy Market Day adventure. Um, they're having a lot of fun. They're going through the market, explore the market, find, you know, different fruits and vegetables, but they're looking for something very, very, very special. And Lola, the bunny, is very keen to find that very something very special and as a result gets lost. Now, do you want me to tell you what that special is? I think people can relate to that when you think um, about place, the summers. Yeah, you, um, you, you share what you want to. Is there a yummy, yummy fruit that you really like, that you really associate with the summer, with summertime, summer moments spent at picnics that you really enjoy eating? Um, it's that very yummy fruit that Lola is looking to oh. find and she indeed does find it um obviously it was inspired whilst i was eating those strawberries was <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was eating those strawberries and i was thinking of like what could lola what could lola really you know find um on her market day adventure um probably the obvious thing when i ask kids what do you think she will find it will be lettuce or carrots and i thought well if lola was a child i would think it would be something a bit sweeter um so yeah i ended up with those strawberries Lovely. And um, it's, it's a fun book. So again, as I said, it's the second in a series. The first book was released um, last year. And um, yeah, there, there'll be more, more coming. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. It sounds wonderful. And I'm sure that our children are going to enjoy the, the adventures of Lola. And, and you're quite right about, about markets. And I, and I remember when I was a boy, my mum and dad used to take me to the markets and, and they, you had fruit and veg and then it went off into all the, all sweets and all sorts of different things. And how it, what a hustle bustle, exciting time it was. And you'd have people who would stand there shouting out, you know, trying to come and buy my wares. And all. it was just a fascinating place. And, um, it is sad in some ways that due to, um, uh, companies like Amazon, other companies are available, but um, uh, companies like that, we, we tend to buy things now that are delivered. And the excitement of going to somewhere like a market for a child, uh, we're, when we're just not getting the, the opportunities that we once did. Certainly in England, I don't know what it's like in Dubai, but certainly over here, a lot of our markets are closing up because people just aren't going to the market. So there's not there's yeah. the sales and, and perhaps we should go. We have we have got a market in Peterborough. And if you if you live in Peterborough, maybe you should go into the market and support the market traders because they need our help as much as anyone else. 
what are the foods in in Dubai? I'm guessing that you can get all sorts of different foods, but what what sort of foods can you get in Dubai? Is it is it different to England? Um, I mean, we've got Waitrose, we've got Sainsbury's, we've got Marcus You can get pretty much everything that you have over there. Obviously, there's, um, you know, we have um, separate sections for, for people who are looking to buy um, non-Muslim foods, um, non-halal foods. They, um, they are in a different section. But more or less, more or less, we can buy anything, um, sometimes at a, you know, slightly inflated price. Absolutely, say, yeah. Um, over in Dubai. Um, but, you know, the country has made efforts to produce their own foods as well. Obviously, you know, the, it's, it's a challenging environment. It's way hotter. But, um, you know, um, I've actually went to a farmer um, a few months ago and he said, look, you know, you know, in the winter in the UK, there might be certain f- foods you might not be able to grow. We have that same challenge in the summer, but then most time of the year, there are, there, you know, there are certain, you know, crops that we can, you know, um, see and um, sow and harvest. So um, we went, you know, they had everything from like carrots, the free you know, root vegetables to, um, to, um, to pepper, capsicum, to, um, to eggplants, to, um, to cucumbers, and they, they you know, they, they do grow those foods as well. So there is, it's, I think it's probably a smaller market, but, um, you know, they, they, they are very much thriving as well. And I think the, um, the country is trying to, you know, to encourage, you know, to encourage like homegrown foods as well. And, and the supermarkets are very supportive of that as well. Absolutely amazing. Well, our best wishes from us over here in Dogthorpe to everyone over there in Dubai. Where can we buy your wonderful series of books? Um, so my books are available everywhere online, as well as in you can also go and buy um, the book at your favorite bookshop, which I always encourage to do. You know, it's as I said, it's all about the adventures on a trip out. Go, you know, go and visit your local bookshop. They love to see you and ask about the book. Um, they can order the book from. Um, it's, it's published in the UK, so they can order it from um, for you right into your bookshop. Of course, it's also available on all the online platforms such as Amazon. It's available on Waterstones, um, Bookshop.org, um, which is um, which is a great platform I like to advertise as well. Um, yeah, um, some bookshops in um, in um, in Southwest London um, stock the book now. Um, that's where I used to live before. I must admit, I've been on your website and I'd look at the website and I looked at looked at the illustrations and that absolutely lovely. Um, you've got you've got your website. Um, we're we're going to feature it in the text, but but verbally, what what what's your your website? Yes, so the website is very easy. www.hoplolahop.com, and um, you'll find you know any news and updates about events I'm I'm doing and attending. There are some learning materials and resources as well that are all free to download. Um, so if you are a teacher or a parent, um, you know do do go and have a look um, for any recommendations I make for extended learning resources because the books are adventure stories, but um, there's a lot of content inside of them that you can use to extend their learning, especially with the latest book, which I'm very excited about. For instance, it has um, it includes a recipe at the end of the book. So we, you know, we just talked about my daughter loving recipes, so it was clearly inspired by her. Well, there we are, listeners. Another series of books for, for you and children. We'll get these books into our school so that you can have a read of them and get lost in, in the words and in the, get lost in the books. It's they're wonderful. Thank you, Cathy, for joining us today. Folks, if you're listening to this podcast and you want all the details, just go into the text. You'll see everything there. You're just one click away from Cathy's amazing website and you're one click away from her fabulous books. Thanks, Kathy. You have been listening to the Dogsthorpe Infant School Podcast. Join Captain Dave and his co-pilot, Eddie Edster, the well-being dog, on another launch pad soon.
Until then, always remember to be kind, be respectful, and most of all, dream, believe, and shine. Dogsthorpe Infant School is part of Hampton Academy's Trust.